0: Hey good afternoon everybody, welcome back to Sink or Swim. I want to do a special edition today for a lot of reasons because of the holidays and I wish anybody that was struggling through the holidays with addiction or alcohol problems or people and families that lost family members this year or the years before a special uh, support from me and from people just like me and all you guys out that can relate to losing someone in your family, like uh, I lost my daughter in a picture behind me. Um, in memory of her, uh, I won't stop talking about fentanyl and different drugs that take the lives of our kids and family members. So uh, let me get into uh, this week. If you want, uh, write me, get on my uh, website, johnelite.com. Uh, go to my Instagram, truejohnelite. And again, for the people that are struggling, I, uh, one of my sponsors is BetterHelp. Reach out to them. It's private. You can do it through the internet. You can do it through video. You can do it through the telephone. You can choose your uh, your uh, therapist. If you don't like who it is, you can change it. Um, I truly believe in therapy. Over the years, everybody hears me talking about it. So... Um, I'm constantly telling people, especially this time of year where there's a lot of suicide and depression to reach out to BetterHelp, it's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let me get into uh, something here. So the problem I have uh, with a lot of the street guys or guys that think they're from the street is they uh, lie to their own children, their egos um, and the uh, their ability to be honest to their own children, own family members about themselves and the history of their family just ruins their lives. And I, I just, I'm not sure, I can't get, I can't wrap my arms around why somebody in anybody's family would lie to their kids to ruin their kids' lives also. Now we all know that I have a son that's also in prison. And the reason why I talk so much to speak to kids is because as fathers, or as parents, we have to take responsibility why and what happened to our kids. Uh, the guilt of that, me losing my daughter and my son being in jail, obviously, is was a reflection on what I did, uh, what he saw in my life and uh, some of the bad things that they see, even though you may not speak about it, they see it, uh, they wanna copy you and they try to be, uh, in a lot of ways, even verbally, if you're talking against it, it doesn't matter. You're a father, and they want to kind of be like their dads. So it's it's a big thing when parents don't understand that, and the fathers are like, don't want to take the blame for what happened with their family. We have to. Now, getting into that, I'm going to get to a little story today. Because a young guy reached out to me. He's not a kid, but I say kid, because he's in his he's in his 30s. And obviously, he has a drug issue, and I felt bad, so I started talking to him. Half the time, he talks like uh, an insecure, obviously, guy from the street, uh, or claims to be. Uh, and maybe he did claim to do a couple of years in jail. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And I believe he said three years. Now, to me, I, if you're on the street, three years is nothing. I did that much time in the toilet. So, that's first thing. Second, for some reason they're taught by their fathers that being a man means you gotta be on the street, you gotta get into fights, you gotta act like you're a tough guy, they gotta tell stories. None of this is gonna impress me. I mean and you don't have to be a man to get into fights. Actually a man is somebody that doesn't get into fights. He has doesn't have the ego that he has to prove anything. He's secure with himself and he can laugh at somebody when they challenge him and walk away. He goes to work every day and becomes a parent to their kids. It took me a lot of years to learn that instead of me being violent and going back at these people physically, I need to stay home and be a parent to my other sons, to my grandson that doesn't have a mom. And that's what makes you a man. Uh, I have some good role models friends of mine my age uh, even younger, that uh, taught me uh, a different world and taught me how to react different Differently than uh, when these guys do, you know, I'm very active politically. I'm active for my country for Albania people know I have a lot of respect for uh, my community and for patriots of America and of Albania So I'm gonna get into a story here in the, the late 80s. We robbed a guy uh, named John Kelly now did I want to rob him no it was uh, an incident that I had no choice because my uh, bosses wanted him robbed so he was a drug dealer cocaine and we robbed him the guys that were involved were Frankie Radici, who's now a made guy in the Gambino family uh, his friend Big John Another guy, Frankie Finelli, whose father was a wise guy with the Gambino family, and he took another named Frankie de Rosa, who was his stepdad was a police officer. Frankie got away from the life, but at that time he was involved. Phil Baroni, ex-detective. Phil Baroni and Frankie were together in one car, Keith Pellegrino, who uh, stayed with me at the time, who set up John Kelly to bring over two kilos. Uh, me, John Gotti, Jr, in another car. And depending on which direction John Kelly went, we were going to grab him. John Kelly ended up going to the right, down the block from Keith Pellegrino's house with two kilos. We just purchased them. They pulled him over, they handcuffed him to the wheel, and they took his two kilos. Um, about three weeks later, we were on Fire Island on an off day. It was dead that deserted day. He had no idea who did it. He thought it was actually law enforcement. He gave up the kilos, he was with the girl that he was dating at the time. Not his, uh, not his baby's mother, Dawn, who I was friends with. We were all friends we all grew up together. Actually, a special hello to Dawn if she hears this. Um, so we're walking to Fire Island, he realizes it's us because we're all walking together. Phil Baroni, Frankie Finnelli, me and John Gotti Jr. And his face dropped. I felt bad. He never did anything wrong to me. I was close, very close with his brother, Tony Kelly, who stayed with me and John Jr. He stayed with us, Johnny Boyd-Ruggieri. We were all friends. We had an apartment in Old Side of Howard Beach together. And uh, the rest of their family, I was friends with all his brothers, Ricky and Vincent, and they were good family. The brothers were all nice guys. John Kelly wasn't well-liked. He wasn't like the rest of the brothers. Most guys didn't like him. He was arrogant. He was loud. He was drunk a lot. Um, that's the truth about who the guy was, right? Um, but Tony was a good guy, and Tony was very close with me. Uh, unfortunately, we robbed him. And and to be fair, John Kelly wasn't really a great brother to Tony. He always beat him for money, did different things, used him. And that's just the history. We all have family history, and that's what goes on. Uh, I did a uh, a shooting. Uh, Flight 116 and the 101st Avenue. And actually we were on our way out to go to Metro 700. There was a guy in the back seat of the car. It was Tony Kelly and it was myself. I got out with a 22, uh, 50 shot Ruger. I had it in a pillowcase. They asked me where I was going. I said, make a stop. I got out of the car and I shot three people, maybe four on that that, that occasion. The one guy I was trying to really get was Mike Pip at that time, who I hit him a couple of times. And I looked over my shoulder at Tony because he says, I think you missed him. I said, no, I got him. And it was like a half a block, I guess, from when I kne- kneeled down and uh, put the scope to my eye and I started shooting. And then I walked up after I shot him up to the victims and put the guns to the head told them if they ever robbed my drug spot again, uh, I'd kill him. So Tony Kelly never went to jail, he was never arrested. Uh, I could speak about it now, he won't get in trouble. There is a statute of limitations, this was done in the 80s. But right after that is when John Kelly wouldn't comply and pay uh, 4,000 a kilo shakedown money to the Gambino family. So we were told to rob him, not by choice. Actually, it was pennies to me, I was doing business with him and other people it would be the last thing I wanted to do. After we rob him and he knows it's us, he doesn't do anything about it. And uh, he talks to Keith Pellegrino and Keith Pellegrino gives up everything, which is usually what Keith does. He plays both sides. Keith also gave me up in uh, a shooting I did when I used his Corvette. He told the police I had his Corvette. These are facts. These aren't anything I'm saying that nobody knows. Joey T. Coralli was in the car with me when I did the shooting. He was the driver of that car. Uh, Eddie Earl was the guy that set the guy up for me, who I shot in front of John Gotti's senior's mother's house. I spoke about this in the past. So, like everybody knows, i got a good memory. I'll say by names, I'll say dates, times. Um, after Keith gave that up, he also gave up the robbery of John Kelly. And he was also with me when I robbed... Uh, Tommy Karate's drug spot he was waiting down a block in the car so we'll get things by name straight Phil Baroni was one of the guys that went in the house with me the ex detective who when we robbed him again by names right not just some story like everybody tells And and the difference between me and all these guys that you hear on the air is I wasn't the only wild guy I just did some story the other day and I talked about about 20 guys that stayed with me were all dead we all been shot up, we've all been killing guys, we all got stabbed up. We were a wild bunch of guys, all of us, not just me. But when you hear these other guys talking, they never talk about anybody that they stayed with, they don't talk about all the guys that were killed, they don't talk about all the guys that were shot up because they didn't really stay with anybody or do anything. They're uh, what I call fakes, and they're trying to influence these kids in this life of crime and the life of street and the glamorizing, I'm doing the opposite. I'm talking against it. Uh, There's nothing good that comes out of it. The rest of your life you'll suffer because of it, just like I am. You'll have cowards that'll try to come at you now and talk nonsense because they know you're not gonna do anything anymore. They know you're not gonna go out and ruin your life. You got a different way of thinking. This ain't about me, it's about the kids now. And if I do something stupid, I ruin everybody's life, Not, not just my family's that I'm not around for, but I ruin all the kids that I'm trying to mentor and help get through this. So I'm teaching them how to be secure with themselves, get rid of their ego, and know that they're all full of shit, the guys on the street. So let me get back to John Kelly so I can tell you how they're full of shit and why guys like this kid that contacted me. I'm in Cafe Bianco, and I'll put documents of people that were there. Uh, John Kelly comes in with another guy, pulls a gun on me, doesn't have the balls to use the gun. I go outside, I go after him. I ram my car into his car, I jump out with a hammer, he runs with a gun in his hand, so is his friend. And they call the police on me. The police come, they give me a beat in front of the whole club. There's a guy, Johnny Massa, that was there. There was a girl, Laura, that was there. She happened to be there at the time with me. The bouncers, the bartenders, all the people are in the club, probably 30, 40 witnesses outside and I got some beating from the police. They broke my nose, knocked out some teeth again, split my head open and broke my arm. Uh, while they did that, John Kelly came back and the police asked, is this the guy? And he said, yes, grab me by the hair. He spit in my face. Okay, I was locked up. I refused to, to press charges against the police. In those days, my mentality was not to talk. So I go to Nassau County Prison by the way, Cafe Bianco's in Mineola, for the people that don't know. Um, one of the bartenders did write me on Facebook. He was there at the time. And he says, people that question anything, I was one of the guys that was there. there was another barmaid there, Wendy, at the time. So, you know, there's people that are oh, there, Roger Basilo in the place, uh, who also owned Channel 80. I go to jail, I get out, I get a bail. I look at the paperwork. I go home, I hire Richie Raybach, who's John Gotti Sr.'s lawyer who's very much alive and has the paperwork on all this he handled the case. We go back and forth to court and John Kelly signed uh, paperwork against me. I was fighting uh, at that time a gun case out of Philadelphia and now I had to fight this case with assault, reckless endangerment, some other charges and uh, John Kelly signed the paperwork, talked to the prosecutors. We brought those paperwork to Tough Tony uh, Federici at the uh, Parkside in Corona to show him the paperwork to make sure he knew that that John Kelly was ratting. He looked at the paperwork, he sent it around to different people so they knew that he was ratting on me. After that, we go start going to court and John Gotti Jr. is meeting me in at the diner across the street after the court proceedings with Richie and we're discussing it because it involved him also. Because years earlier, we robbed uh, Kelly for the cocaine. So he was concerned, obviously, that his name would come up in the case and that uh, if something went sour, that uh, he would get dragged into the case. John Kelly was going to the China Club at that time and we were trying to get him to drop charges. Uh, I went to College uh, Point at the park on, uh, on uh, at College Point or down the block from his house. It's a little park down the block, and I brought a pistol because we had an argument on the telephone. I went to get him. He had about eight or nine guys there. I went by myself. They didn't know it was me. As soon as they seen it was me, they all said, John, we didn't know it was you, and they, they bowed out. John Kelly reported that to the prosecutor's office and they had an order of protection written against me that I wasn't allowed at College Point anymore. So he stepped up the cooperation against me. Not only did he step up the cooperation against me, uh, he went to the China Club and John Gotti Jr. had his friend Willie Marshall uh, beat up John Kelly at the uh, China Club, knocked him out. And John Kelly again went back to prosecutor's office and uh the judge tried to reprimand me as if I had it done and at the time I really didn't have knowledge it was done until it was done then Gotti told me at the time he had it done for me trying to get John to drop charges he refused to drop charges and the case continued part of the case I took a plea and I got a a 37 month and I believe four years on the Kelly case run concurrent Uh, I had a little time in already in Nassau County before I got the bail and uh, That's what I copped out to because he was cooperating ratting and whatever and at the time spit my face and Fingered me with the police and pulled my hair when the cops had me in front of I don't know how many people now These are facts John Kelly also uh, informed on his friend Adam, who got six years. Well, I didn't know anything about that till I got out of prison. I ran into Adam, and he told me. Adam's a big guy. He's about 6'5", 6'6", six, six even. And told me he got, uh, John gave him up, and he also gave up uh, a Spanish uh, drug-dealing uh, couple, Colombian family, did 12 years each to husband and wife. Now, do I have proof in the paperwork of those cases? No. It's his good friend. Do I believe him? Yeah, because he gave me up and Richie Raybach has that paperwork, anybody that wants to get that paperwork, it's on file in Mineola, Nassau County. And these are all facts. Now the the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I don't I got no hard feelings with John uh of cooperating against me or you know spitting in my face or whatever cuz actually I get it. He was right. We robbed him. So, you know, I'm not thinking the same as before. I don't care that you know it's it's uh, you know, it's done. It's the past. But the problem I have is they tell their kids and their nephews they're gangsters. And they're not. They're not gangsters. They weren't out there killing nobody. Were they selling some drugs? Yeah. Uh, So what? Everybody's out there selling drugs. That's our neighborhoods. Uh, They're not killers. They're not out there doing any kind of work. They're not tough guys. They're not out there doing fucking scores. that's just a fact. He's an informant, he's a rat. I did four years because of him. And anybody who wants to check into the paperwork, like I always tell everybody, go ahead. It's in Mineola, 1994, it happened. Cafe Bianco, Richie Raybach was the attorney. That's Gotti Sr.'s lawyer. Very easy to find out all his facts. And all the people that were around that know us, there was guys that owned the, the rafters, we were always there, they all know these facts. There's another guy who owned a UFC gym in, uh, and Without me mentioning these guys, the names and bringing it in. In College Point, everybody from those areas know who I'm talking about. They can ask them all. Uh, these guys are involved in the union. They all know this, is fact. And this is to, to, to teach this kid that's writing me like a dummy. They're obsessed. It's incredible to me that what kind of man gets up in the morning and writes me. This is the problem with this young generation. We didn't have that going on in our lives. They ain't going to press us. We grew up, or I grew up, in, in the killing fields, and so did my friends. That's why we've all been shot up and stabbed up, and the, most of them are dead, and, is because we really lived it. These guys just talk this nonsense and think it's cool, and they wear their pants off their ass, and they think they're tough guys, and they got, they're holding a joint outside their mouth or whatever, or, or they're holding a 40 in a paper bag, and they think that's what's, what's rocking. And to me, you're just wasting your life, kid. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. And I got to put this out there because you haven't stopped. And then just yesterday I told him, you know, cause he got a little aggressive with his te- text. because this is what they do this young generation. You know, he's telling me how tough he is and his friends are, you know, nonsense, little kid shit that obviously if you were, you wouldn't be talking about it. And if you guys were all killers, you'd be in jail cause you're killing. And none of them, you just never crack an egg. Like I always say, so stop the nonsense, go to work. Enjoy your life, you got a drug issue, go fix it. So you end up losing your life. You don't end up being another statistic of another dead child that's on the street. I don't dislike, actually, I really liked your family. I liked everybody in your family. Uh, And I was really close with Tony. And anything I'm saying is the past for all of us. And unfortunately, uh, for some reason, you guys think it's cool to say that you're on the street without suffering the consequences that I suffer with losing a daughter, with spending 18 and a half years in prison, with a son in jail, will be going on seven years total, uh, with, a, with a, a father that's very sick for the last five years, with a mother that's sick. And this is the consequences of living a shitty life. And this is the consequences of living a shitty life. So all you idiots that are gla- glamorizing the street and the mob, these are all full of shit, because you know that life sucks. And every one of you, they keep talking these stories, but never tell a story about yourselves, because that's just part of the mob world. you are all full of shit. And you guys ain't about nothing. You weren't shooters. You weren't killers. Your friends weren't killers. You had somebody else do it who did it or did it for somebody else. That's about it, distantly. distantly. You're not all that. I ain't about that. None of yous. That's why I talk, the way I talk against all of yous. Because you all, instead of trying to help these kids and tell the truth, you guys bullshit your own families. Forget about the strange kids that don't know any better. All right, everybody. If uh, you like, listen to what I have to say, uh, hit the like buttons, the subscribe buttons. Go to True John Elite. Go to my website. Go to my stores. And uh, I'll continue. I stopped with this with these uh, mob stories, but I'm going to go back on it. Next week, I'm going to tell a story about uh, Johnny Leto taking over the West Side uh, construction uh, industry after he just gave up Angelo Prisco. And Angela Prisco was a gangster and a real gangster for the Genovese family West Side. He died in prison, and his crew does nothing about, and I'm not advocating for them to go hurt Johnny or anybody else. But since they talk this way, I'm going to out them all how, when you're done and you're gone or you're in jail, they do nothing for your family, let you die, and they don't go after anything. And yet, you got a guy to cooperate, took over their industry. So I'll talk about that next week and some other stories just like that. The reality of, of the mafia, the true mafia, how most of them sell you out, rat on you, they're informants, and that's the true world of crime, not the stuff that these people are trying to sell to our kids, so. That's not going to be what's coming for me. When I do mob stories, I'll tell the truth about how they're all full of shit, how they all give each other up, how they rat, how they screw each other over for money, and how they don't protect each other when somebody rats. You got all these families, but you got rats in all these families. Like I said, Joe Messina, Penano family, Vinnie Gorgeous is doing life. I don't see anybody doing anything to help, Joe, uh, help Vinnie, excuse me, from Joe. This is the, the nonsense that they try, this, this image of bullshit. So... All right, everybody, hit subscribe. Enjoy your holiday. Stay safe, and uh, God bless you. And if anybody is in issues with uh, drugs or anything that, please contact us. We'll try to help their family and their kids. Thank you.